Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. We're back at the Cleric Stadium this week for a podcast that is more than just about football. We'll be talking to Adam Gosling about the many jobs he does at Congleton Town, but also the amazing work he does through mind, body and soul. But first, let's hear from player manager Richard Duffy, because for the first time this season, the men's first team had a home league game on a Saturday. Over 400 spectators were at the Cleric Stadium as Congleton won 6-2 against Dudley Town to move up to second in the Midland Football League Premier Division. So what did Richard Duffy think after the game? Well, look, comprehensive on uh, on results-wise, but I think it was far from that. Was, yeah, uh, I think the first half hour of the game, we, we dominated and we, we, we were really good. A bit sloppy, but... And then we just, 15 minutes to half-time, just sort of give up the game to them, but obviously give them a chance to get back into the game. And then we, we found it difficult then. So they stuck in the game. Did they ever think we was going to go on and lose a game? No. I, I still felt we were in control of the game. Um, and, and obviously once once the circle goes in, then it's um, pretty dead and buried them. And two goals in the first half, and then when they score quite late on in the in the first half, does it change anything at, at half-time, or is it just Kakao and doing the same? Not really, no. My, my team talk would have been the same. We were really sloppy for 15 minutes, and, and that's that's where we let them into... Let them into the game, you know, what, what we were doing. We, we went out for the first half hour of the game. We, we went away for for 15 minutes and, and that's what that's what happens, you know. They, they, they've they come up and they've had a good go, to be fair to them. But we didn't let them in the game for half hour. And then once we let them in the game, at 2-1, there's always a chance that, you know, one one little slip up on a pitch that, that played really well, but obviously was wet. You know, you only need to... A slip, a slip, and and, and then in on goal. So I was disappointed with with that 15 minutes, but first 20 minutes of the the second half, we we sort of we was in control again, and obviously subs coming off the bench has, has made an impact for us. Previous two home games in the league, you've scored four in each, six today. You're a team that can score a lot of goals. Yeah, we are. Yeah, if we if we if we do what what we know we can and, and play to the way we. We set out then, and yeah, we're, we're we're an handful for anyone, especially at home. And as I say, fourteen goals in in three three home games um, has shown that. And also the stuff that you work on, the corners, a couple of goals from from those again, it must be pleasing when those kind of come off as well. Yeah, we've been really poor on set plays this year, and it's, it's you know last year we we were really strong on them, and obviously lost lost a little bit of personnel, but we've been poor on them this year. Up until today, we we look back to a to be in a real threat you know we wanted to go and head the ball we wanted to do what how we set up and um, on another day we probably could have got another one or two from corners and Danny Cox another super sub kind of appearance for him coming on and scoring a hat-trick again you must be really really pleased with the performance when he, he came on to get those three goals no I thought all the subs that come on I thought the first class uh, Bowie Coxie Tom Hampton could have got himself one or two himself but yeah that, that's what you're looking for we, we've got a bench at the minute that you know, I said before the game, whoever don't play is unlucky. The, the boys who have got the shirts have, have won games and performed really well. And when they're coming off the bench, they're, they're, they're doing what you know what's needed if we're winning the game or losing the game. And they've come on and affected the game to to literally you know run away with it in the end. You know, and that, as I said, the third goal was, was vital. And then obviously floodgates sort of have opened up. Obviously, you've been on the touchline, completely soaked. But when your team's playing like that, some really really good football, can you sit back and kind of enjoy it? Yeah, listen, I enjoy all of them performances because good or bad it's it's a learning curve and there's lots of things that go on it's, I keep saying to them football's a game of variables some some things are good some things are bad but can we 
can we iron out the, the sloppiness and the, the slackness, should I say, of, of our play? Because if we do, then you know we, we can we can match the best in the league. You mentioned there about the perhaps the sloppiness. How do you correct that? Is that um, training wise? Is that mentality? Personally, I think it's a mindset. Um, it's a mindset of I've done a lot of good things, and then does it become a little bit too easy? I can try something that we're not set up to do. We're not set up in the middle of the pitch to take lots of touches. All of a sudden, we our wingers are getting in behind because it's bouncing, and we're playing them because because they're trained to, to run forward in, in them situations, and all of a sudden we're taking touches. They're running offside, which is no no fault of their own. We're losing it in the middle of the park and that's where the first goal comes from and that's the frustration of standing on the touchline when, when we go away from what we are. That's, that's the, any manager will tell you it's the frustrating part of it. But when we do what we plan to do and, and how we play, as I said, we, we're a good team. We stood there a few weeks ago and said it was going to be a big month, September, the amount of games you were playing. I think it's 16 points from the, from the 18 available in, in the league. How do you reflect on, on September? You must be really, really pleased with it. Yeah, six games, two league games at home, I think, four away. To come away with, as you say, the, the 16 points is, is a great return. And, you know, Tuesday night was, was a little little stunt to us because I, I felt we'd done enough to, to win the game. But sometimes you've got, you've got to take your point and move on and take your medicine especially away from home and we've done that and we've come and come and put a little show on especially the last 20 minutes there. And how good was it to be back back here kind of on a Saturday kind of in the league the first time this season crazily enough. Yeah crazy two two months in and first Saturday at home is a bit of a shambles if you ask me but yeah it is what it is we've got a run of in October of I think more or less every game at home one away next week and then the next four at home on a Saturday so yeah we'll, we'll go away next week like, like we have and, and, and hopefully win the game and then uh, we've got to run the home games where, where our home form is good at the minute. Beautifully next Saturday. I think it's one of the longest away trips of the season. How, how, how do you prepare for that? Do you have to factor in the travelling as well or does that not really come into it? Is it, just going to, it going is what it is. I think everyone's been in football long enough to, to know. We, we, you know we, we travel on the day, we, we try and get there with enough time to, to prepare, but it is what it is. We'll, we'll jump on the bus, we'll get down there, um, hopefully get a win and have a few beers on the way back. Let's hope their celebratory drinks come Saturday evening. If you've been to the Cleric Stadium, you'll have seen the purple Mind, Body and Soul stand at the top end of the pitch. But what is Mind, Body and Soul and what do they do? We'll find out with Adam Gosling, who is also behind Congleton Town's social media, amongst many other tasks. Please be aware that our chat with Adam does include references to suicide. Welcome back to the Cleric Stadium. We've come across to the dugouts where I'm with Adam Gosling, who is the, the Head of Media and Communications here at Congleton Town Football Club, along with many other roles, as we'll find out. And he's also the director and founder of Mind, Body and Soul. So, Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us, Adam. It's, um, it's a great addition to the club this season, a great signing by myself to have you as part of the club. So, yeah, thank you. So I guess the best place to start is by asking, what is Mind, Body and Soul? Mind, Body and Soul is a non-profit organisation which raises awareness for mental health, addiction, recovery um, and suicide prevention. We offer emotional and financial support to people in Congleton and probably worldwide at the moment. So we've got three drop-in centres. HQ is at Congleton. We've got a drop-in centre at Barnton and Middlewich. So I, I basically just buzz around Congleton and a drop-in centre is, is probably available 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So whilst I'm, I'm buzzing around the club, I'm also you know, trying to support people 
in the community and, and nationwide, worldwide with, with mental health struggles and just offer them the best support as possible and just let them know that they're not alone. When and how did, did it first start? Because it's only in the past couple of years. It was during lockdown, which was a struggle for everyone, I think. And that's, I've, I've said countless times that the real pandemic from from covid without getting political or anything is is mental health during covid i was on in lockdown and before that i was working in retail in birmingham and so luckily for me i was in furlough so i was getting you know x amount of money so in my time i was i was cleaning trainers and buying them just to it was something to to help me with my mental health and probably keep me out of the missus's way so i was cleaning them um, and then i took to twitter to you know to help people friends from my personal Twitter account and people who were struggling I was I was cleaning trainers and, and selling them on and then any money made from it I was I was buying food vouchers and helping people with gas and electric so during the furlough time there was there was a guy who we know Russell he, he designs posters and and works with bands and he said that you know it looks it'll look amazing on a t-shirt that and I told him the idea and he was like, yeah, we'll call it Mind, Body and Soul, S-O-L-E, not as the fish. So basically I just took it from there and I was like, you know what, one day I probably stayed up until about four o'clock in the morning playing the Xbox and the next morning I woke up and I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I set it up and I didn't think anything of it. So I basically separated my personal Twitter from like City, I'm a Man City fan, everyone knows that, greatest team in the world apart from Congleton. I was basically promoting Man City, mental health and my story and on my personal, so I, I separated it. So Mind, Body and Soul was, was mainly me just trying to sell one or two T-shirts and to help people financially. And then I was walking a dog one day and came across Congleton Town and it was love at first sight. Contacted the club, I think on the Saturday night, and then Chris Rowley messaged me on the Sunday. We, we had a call Sunday night. Tuesday I came down, um, we had a chat, walked around and I just totally fell in love with, with the club and the ground. He said get back to us and what we can we can do for the club and the community because the club and, and the community is the heartbeat of anyone in, in the town. So we did a proposal and then we, we started working together. I think we raised over £1,200 for the Mind, Body and Soul stand crowdfunding I think there was a few Congleton supporters a few of our supporters and, and a local a business in Sunderland which we we've got ties with now um, and they support us so they helped us with that and then Chris was like you know what the purple shirt that season was was phenomenal I, I, I didn't expect it and I think it nearly broke down in tears when when the lads came out I think it was Longridge and the Mind, Body and Soul logo was on the front and it was it was emotional yeah it's amazing you mentioned when you were walking past the ground with, with, with the dog. Did you expect how your connection with the club would grow and develop since then? I didn't. I didn't because, like, when I first start, when I first came here, it was a bit daunting. Everyone was like, "Oh, who's this? You know, who's this stranger? Who's this Mancunian?" And you know, and it was like a it was like a new new mini war to try and win people over. And I, and you know, I just put my actions into words, so to speak. You know, and. And a lot of the people who are who was unsure of of this this stranger have has kind of warmed to me to a point where everyone knows Oggy um, Raymond or Ray or the 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 bulldog. You know, he was like, "Well, he said to me the other day, you know what? I wasn't all for this men's mental health and stuff. But, you know, I, my generation was to to pull your sleeves up and crack on, but 
now Ray is, is probably my best mate near enough we we speak to each other every day we go for breakfast he helps me post stop at the post office he helps me collect it um, and then I help him by shaving his hair and just being being his you know carer type thing so <laughs> jokingly I think people have warmed to you because the amount of stuff that you do to the club, your dedication and commitment to the club is honestly unbelievable. And we'll come on to the list of tasks and your connection. But you mentioned there about perhaps the stigma around mental health. Do you think that's changing? And, and, and do you think people like yourself and mind, by body and soul have got a role to play? But I guess we all have a role to play because we're just kind of about talking to each other and, and talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think men's mental health is a, bit, is a massive taboo, but... We also got to remember, like the women's, women's and children's, you know, mental health will t- will take a bit of a neglection because everyone's concentrating on the men's mental health. But you've also got to think about the women's mental health and children. So, we we never advertise ourselves as a strictly men's mental health organisation because probably about sixty percent of the people who contact me in Congleton who are struggling are women. And then online, you know, it's it's getting fifty fifty from like. For me, supporting people online. Last night, Sunday, I was I was up till two o'clock in the morning talking to a lady um, in Scotland who has has been sanctioned by a, a UC for reasons we won't go into, obviously. But I sent her a food voucher, and you know, I saw she showed me proof of a gas and electric which was in her minuses, and she's got two or three kids, and she was going without food so her kids could could you know eat and there's enough electric and gas in the house so I made sure that I sent them a, a food voucher and um, I topped up the gas and electric to a point where they they don't have to worry this week and, and that's that's what it's all about for me is to help people and I think mental health for everyone at every club from, from grassroots to, to the Premier League I think everyone struggles players on the pitch you know I'm probably one of the worst people for shouting at, at players and stuff if you, if you hear me I don't get personal I call people wallies and, and stuff like that on the referee and that's probably not the greatest look but when you step onto the into the ground you know you just forget about your worries for 90 minutes and you know there's there's friendships and bonds built around clubs so yeah I think everyone should just take their role and and just try and promote mental health you don't have to like run around shouting mental health is for everyone but just you know if you see someone in the in the ground and they don't look themselves or they they're on their own just just say you're all right mate how you doing jot a a coffee or anything and and that will change the day probably because you never know what people are going through behind the scenes just just be your own you know, mental health promoter. What's a big part in setting up Mind, Body and Soul, your own experiences? And is that something that you would be happy to kind of share? I think on the 23rd of September, I, I reached my seven-year anniversary of being clean and sober from from alcohol and drug abuse, addictions, whatever you want to say, dependency. I was addicted to, to alcohol and cocaine for about 10 years. That ended up with me also battling with suicidal thoughts and, and whatnot, and I'm a survivor of six suicides, so my own demons, you know, is, is something I live with every day, and I'd, I always say to people, I'd, I haven't got any qualifications or, or doctors or fancy letters against my surname, but I've, I've got the life experience. I know what people feel like and, and are feeling. In the addiction side, you know, I'll always be an addict. I'm, I'll never be in recovery, I don't think. I never say, oh, I'm clean. 
I'm always I'm an addict, and I think my addiction now is is a healthy one, and it's it's Congleton Town, yeah. What changed for you? What kind of put you on the path that you're on now? My last suicide attempt it probably saved me when I really wanted to not be here. Me and my my ex partner we we had an argument, and she knows she knew all my battles with my own mental health. She didn't know me really too much about my addictions because I hid it. So we had an argument and she was like, you know what, it takes a strong person to kill themselves and you're not one of them. That was like, you know what, I'll, I'll show her without swearing. Um, so I went on a three-day binge to Man- in Manchester to a point where I, know, I was sofa surfing or just sitting in pubs. Then the third night I went to Heaton Park and, yeah, uh, I wanted to end my life, good and proper. And then the next thing I knew, I woke up in hospital and, and then I built my life back and moved to Congleton with the help of my dad and, and stuff, yeah. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I always thought, I always like to talk about it, but it, sometimes it hits, it's a chord. And seven years sober now, which is a long time, and I think it's testament to who you are. What's got you through that period to where, where, where you are now when you can sit here and say, I'm seven years sober? It's been a battle, um, just taking one day at a time. Like when I was getting involved with the football club and stuff, after the game, everyone goes for a pint or everyone goes in the clubhouse. And at the first couple of games, I was always stood outside pretending to be on my phone or my vape because I, it was a weird experience because I've not been in that experience since like going to City or or going out and you know getting getting levered. So it was, it was a bit of a one step at a time, you know, get through the door, go and sit down, see someone, you know, lock eyes with someone you know and just sit with them and then gradually it's just come to norm where I'll, I'll just go and sit in and talk to someone, you know, and there's a few few lads who enjoy the drink and I'm I'm happy to just sit next to them and, you know, have a Diet Coke or even feeling a bit flush, I'll have a, I'll, I'll have a Red Bull. But for me, it's just taking one day at a time because that's all we've got really. You know, I, I try and try and stay present. I don't try and fester about what's been, apart from football results. And I always just, just try and stay present and and just take each day at a time and that that's all we can do in life. How does it make you feel when you sit here now and say, I'm seven years sober? Proud. I didn't think I'd last seven hours, to be honest. But yeah, it's proud. It's weird. Because, like, you know, there's people who are just starting out, you know, and... And they feel amazing, you know. There's a lad I know called Craig, and he's he's six six months or six or seven months. And I was like, it's the best gift you can give yourself. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you don't drink, oh, you're right, boring. You know, get a life, get a pint. But it's the greatest gift, and it, it the real buzz is is being sober because, you know, you don't wake up on a Sunday with with a mouth like Gandhi's flip flop and a head like you know a hammer, so. <laughs> So like yesterday, you know, Sunday fun day for me was 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 on a different level to what it normally was. But we'll we'll go into that further in the podcast. Many people in your situation may have focused kind of on yourselves, which you have done. But you also obviously now are helping many many people. Why was it important <coughs> to you to set something up like mind, body, and soul, and and kind of give back to other people and kind of support them through perhaps struggles that perhaps you perhaps found yourselves in in the past? I think helping people helps me. As you know, I can probably talk a glass eye to sleep and, you know, helping people just to realise they're not alone, you know, helps me because I was I was the type of lad who was, you know, oh, let's forget, you know, forget about it, let's have another pint, you know. And, and that's the wrong way to look about it. Burying your head in the sand over a drink is... 
is not going to to make everything right. It just delays everything. Alcohol is a depressant, and you know if you're feeling a bit bit low, it's going to make you even worse in the long term. And the come downs from drugs, obviously, you know, is is a different level on after the night, you know, after the night before. So, so me just helping people helps me, and you know, if if I can help one person in a day, you know, I've it's been a great day. Well, when you first set up Mind, Body, and Soul, what was it that you wanted to achieve? Just to help that one person, and just to try, you know, get the message about. I didn't expect. You know, a football stand, you know, Russell Watson or celebrities follow. You know, we've got over 25,000 followers on Twitter and, and that's amazing. You know, some people I've, I've looked up to all my life, you know, have followed us. And the message is getting out, you know, to, to Australia, you know, and people are wearing T-shirts in Australia, America, Disneyland. You know, even Macclesfield people have got T-shirts and it's, it's just heartwarming because my daft idea of, of cleaning trainers second-hand trainers is now come to this and it was amazing when not just for for me but for the club when we was on you know the FA Cup against Fylde which we should have won and that keeps me up awake at night you know 10 times a dozen um, and just to see the stand on TV and people saying oh my god look at that you know you're on TV and I was like that's that's amazing and you know it's that's better than any drug in the world is is how proud I feel, not for, for myself, but for the club and the, the organisation. Why do you think it's growing the way it, way it has? Is it because it touches so many people, do you think? I think it does, yeah. And I think I think it resonates with a lot of people because we've, we want to get into to clubs non-league level because that's where the real football is, so to speak, and it's not all commercialised and it's it's not all about money, 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 money. It's It's about... The community and and you know I, I'm in awe of it, and I love going to the away grounds and you know looking how how different it is and as compare it to, to our ground and our ground is is phenomenal and the community spirit is phenomenal. The fans are amazing, you know on on Saturday we had 400 fans who were all wet, and and my my trainers are still wet from, from Saturday and it, it was just to see 400 people here was amazing and. It's just growing and growing, and I like to think mind, body, and soul is having a small part in that by by advertising as best we can that it's okay not to be okay, and I'm just I'm just happy that you know we we've we've got a close connection with with the club, and I'm happy just for for mind, body, and soul just to just to continue the way it is. You know, I don't want it to go straight to the stars, so to speak, just a steady steady growth to help people and if I can help one person a day you know I've, I've done my, my job so to speak What kind of support does Mind, Body and Soul offer because it helps in many many different ways doesn't it you've got the drop-in sessions you've got the, the email address there, that constant peer-to-peer support but also that financial support as well where you mentioned about helping families pay the u- utilities bills but also I think in, in, in the town in a cafe you've, you've put money behind so how does Mind, Body and Soul what do they kind of on a, on a day-to-day basis? Well, it'll be about 14 episodes, this. Um, so basically, we, we don't receive funding, we don't receive any grants. We strictly rely on donations and people who buy the T-shirts. So the profits of the T-shirts, they go to, into a pot, and that pot is, is then spent on people who need gas and electric, food vouchers. This morning, I sent £20 to a family in, in Stoke who didn't have any petrol, they broke down. 
so I sent him twenty pounds to to make sure the three children at three separate schools could go to school that day. We make a donation to the, the New Life Food Bank when we can. So we'll we'll message Jeff and just say look what you need in need of or what you're short of. We'll go to well I'll go to Tesco's with Ray. Ray'll sit in the car and I'll I'll run around like supermarket sweep, get what it needs, and then we'll drop it off. And then I've seen like Bear Grills, they do like a pay forward. So at Christmas last year I, I went in, pay forward fifty pounds worth of, of food for, for people who are struggling then. There's a, a new veterans cafe opened up near Morrison's, which Ray found on Facebook. I think Ray's like my PA, to be honest, and he was like, come down, you know, let's go down and, and introduce ourselves. Um, I've got beer mats, so we, we took some beer mats down and some flyers, and I, I, I introduced myself and just said, oh, have you got a pay-it-forward um, scheme at all? And they was like, no, what's that? So I just said, look, if veterans come in or anyone who's struggling, you know, they can they can take a meal ticket, so to speak, off the board, and you know they can they can redeem like a bacon butty and a coffee, you know, without any any questions. So it's stuff like that we do because we never know what people are, are are dealing with. You know, if you can sit in a coffee shop and just keep warm and have have something to eat, that's that maybe the only food meal or heating you, you have that day. So it's important to do that. Um, so we've we've done that at the, the Veteran Cafe, um, which is run by the Lowell Foundation. We've done it at the Old Sawmill and Bear Grills. So stuff like that, really. We've helped people with clothing for, for interviews. We've we've helped people in the past, you know, they've, they've had the, the, the mopeds, like, stolen, so we've we've helped, you know, fund a new one or, or bought them a, a monthly ticket. We've recently, there was a Man City fan which lost his life um, to mental health. So we we came to well I came to an idea of of selling the the sky blue and white T-shirt and all profits of that would go to to Chris's family. So I contacted the the supporters group where Chris was and asked their permission. And with their permission and blessing and the family's blessing, we we was allowed to do go ahead with that. And we've we sent all I think thousand pounds to towards the funeral costs and whatnot. So yeah, so we try and help everyone the best we can. Um, be it food, gas, electric, um, and whatnot, yeah. And this clothing and merchandise, how would you describe it? Because a lot of them seem to have kind of a message to Well, we first know. started where, where cause I was dead into me Adidas and me Yeezy, so it was like combo. So you might see a few of the lads, you know, comboing with a T-shirt and a trainers, but in the last 12 months, we've, we've, ten, we've, we've gone the more mental health messages like we've got a warrior one which was designed by Chris Rowley at the club. We've got one what's sober. We've got just little subtle messages like you matter. Um it's okay not to be okay and against the runner play which is a, a new one where it's it's advertising just to leave your troubles at the gate for the turnstile for 90 minutes and make that 90 minutes your own. There's a saying what Ray told me months ago was like put the troubles in a box and leave the box at the turnstile. So I've put my own spin on it. Um, so to speak, so we don't copyright it and and put against the run of play, leave your troubles behind for ninety minutes. So that's yeah, the little messages. If if you see someone in the street and it, you see someone that's got a t-shirt on saying "You matter" and that that'll sink in. So yeah, it's it's just moving forward with messages and and combos, so to speak. There's a drop-in centre at Congleton Town, including a few other clubs around Cheshire as well. How important can places like this kind of be to, to people, even if it is just literally kind of a chat? Very important, like, 
Boxing Day and, and I think Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I, I open up the drop-in centre. Want to get away from from Christmas because I hate it for a couple of hours. So it's important because, like I said to to people, on you know you don't have to to open up. We can just sit and have a chat. Or some people come down and and I, I'll I'll be able to read them. You know if if they're feeling a bit anxious or nervous, you know we'll have a we'll have a walk around the ground, have a brew, and then we'll say look, you know after the brew we can we can have a penalty shootout. You know if if I win. I'll just ask if you're all right, and if if you win, we we can just have another chat about life, and it opens people up. I don't try and force it out of people; it just has to come natural. Because opening up and and admitting you've got a problem is the first step of getting help, and you know it's the first step that you've you've been honest with yourself is is that you you've opened up and you've admitted that yeah I do need help or you know I am struggling, and that's that's important. What's your record like at penalty shootouts? Abysmal, abysmal. I'm getting better. My footwork's getting better, but I think I've I've scored about four out of about twenty penalty shootouts. So yeah, it's it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. So we won't see you, Richard Duffy, signing up on the pitch kind of any time soon. You got more. Yeah, I'm more like Mickey Morton. You remember when he played um, against Paddy Ham? He came off. He came on this on onto the pitch for about five minutes against Paddy Ham. I think um, that was Chad as his debut. He did a Boris Johnson impression on the pitch where he fell over and nearly rugby tackled the keeper. Why was the drop-in centre something you were so keen to kind of set up? Just somewhere different and somewhere calming, not just for myself. You know, some days I'll I'll come down and, and sit down and do my emails in a, a calm space. You know, the the ground is lovely and quiet, which is, is something I'm I'm getting used to now from, from being in Manchester and from Manchester, you know. It's a 24-7 city of, of noise and absolute carnage but just a calm environment where you can come down and 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 just have a brew and and chat or i can come down and watch an episode of netflix and and do a bit of email emails and and checking in with people so it's it's a great little safe zone so to speak i think every club in in the country should should have you know mental health well-being offices or a safe place for for fans in the community because football clubs are the heart and soul of of small towns and, you know, cities. Going back to when you first came across Congleton Town, I believe you were kind of up all night putting a plan t- together. Yeah, I was I was up all night and, and you know, it, it's a long time since I've been up all night and not, not taking anything recreational. Um so I was I was just up all night, you know, passionate. You know, what I really wanted to get into the club and and help. So I was I was coming up with ideas, drinking lots of coffee and and just brainstorming. It was something I'm passionate about, and I hope people can see how passionate I am when when they see me. And you know, I just love the club. From you know, it's a family. You know, the the volunteers who, who work behind the scenes. Are, I probably speak to them more than I do speak to my own family on a day to day basis, and it's. It's the greatest club in the world. What was it when you first came down that made you think, yes, Congleton Town is the perfect place for me to have a connection to mind, body and soul? Just the tranquility of, of the area and also the pie. I saw the menu and I'll, I don't know, it was just something clicked. And, you know, I walked past the, the Wednesday Club porter cabin and just looked at the grass and I was like, wow. Could I fell out of love of football Going Man City was was a trigger for me because it was, you know, drink, drugs and then, you know, get on it, so to speak, after the game. But 
it was when I was like, you know what, wow, this is this is amazing because I've never been to a, a non-league club before apart from, you know, Curzon Ashton where I, I was from and Drolston and I was I was just in awe of it. I don't know, it's, I'm just, just in awe of, of non-league football now. It's great. What do you think it is about non-league football that, that has that connection to kind of so many people? And we've seen it even probably since you've, you've been starting down, which is a few years ago. The growth in terms of the spectators, the community engagement, the interest in the town. What is it that you think about non-league football that seems to have this connection with so many people? It's raw and it's real. A lot of people are probably flirt with the idea of going to non-league football when you know the Premiership team they follow or the league team they follow aren't aren't playing locally they'll they'll get the football fixed but it's real you can talk to the lads in the in the clubhouse after the game you know you can talk to other other follow you know supporters or ground hoppers you get a sense of an identity of the club and the officials and it's just amazing absolutely amazing like I always say you could do a Netflix documentary on on you know each club you know each non-league club have the characters and you know I, I just love it and I always say to people like who are struggling we always say first off you know which team you support and then I'll go like or oh, United you know Liverpool or Arsenal or you know a league club and I was like I tell you what if your club isn't playing and you, you're not going go down to your nearest non-league club support them and just switch off because that football game is 90 minutes of your own to switch off, soak it in, and that's the best advice you can do. It's it's a form of self care. Is is going down, and you, you're not only helping yourself, but you're also helping the non league club by putting money in the coffers, so to speak. It's not only through mind, body, and soul that you've got this connection out of the club because you've become a big part of the club. I think it's kind of fair to say. What is it on a personal level that has connected you to kind of to this club and why you dedicate so much of your time? to helping this club on a personal it's, level it's a bit like self-care for me because I'm working seven days a week on mind body and soul doing so much for the club or doing you know a little bit for the club each day is my way of, of making my own time so to speak I can switch off or I can come down like I'll come down every day I'll walk the dog make sure everything's alright and it just helps me you know in recovery to be here and you know whatever needs doing I'll do it so to speak and ask me how on earth has it gone from just getting involved through mind body and soul now to doing a kind of a long list of tasks because you run the social media accounts I know you'd look after like the video recording the the, the, the VO you're down here on a Monday morning washing the kit <laughs> and I'm sure that's probably just a few of the tasks that you kind of do how on earth has it got to that or is it a case of you just came down and that's kind of your love for the club like Ray said, once once the club gets hold of you, it's hard to, to shake off, and I think he's right, because like I do the social media, I'll do the VO, so I'll record the game, home and away, and then I'll, I'll send it to Duffs and, and Griff. Then during the week, we've got like a, long, a person who does the, the kit, so I'll meet them after the after, day after, uh, and then pick it up, ready for the game. During the week, I'll look at uh, other results of teams are playing, look for footage of them, give it to Duff's, give it to Mark Parton, which is, you know, Dave's dad, me and me and Mark are good mates now, we're like scouts. Like last night we were texting each other about about results and, and team sheets, you know, just to make give give intel to to players. Match days, it's it's religious for me to get here probably about twenty four hours before the game. Um I'll get here at about ten o'clock if we're playing at home, I'll put the kit out, put the flags out, fill the water bottles up, put the cones out, 
and then I'll be on the gate from 12 till quarter past two, put the VO up, and then I'll have a pie works, and then I'll, I'll do the social media stuff during the game. After the game, normally turn the VO off, organise interviews if, if someone wants to speak to Duff, so one of the players, I'll, I'll organise that. Once the lads have finished the showers and, you know, got tarted up, I'll go in with Chris, we'll, we'll organise the kit, um, separate it, get it ready to be collected. And then I'll go home, upload the VO, speak to the photographer, speak to, to yourself to, to get, you know, bits out on content till about 11, 11 o'clock at night, probably midnight, and then go to bed. And then the next day I'll, the VO's ready, so I'll send it to Duff's and Griff and then I'll come down to the club, see what it's like. It's basically a full-time job, isn't it? And it's yeah. like, well, probably more than a full, full-time job, the amount of hours that you, you, you put into the club. It's probably the best prison sentence you could give yourself is, is to get yourself involved in non-league clubs. And then, like, midweek, you know, if you've got a midweek game, I'll, I'll ring Gray up and we'll, we'll go and get some sweets from Home Bargains for the lads, um, get some black tape. I think on Saturday we, we went and got some flowers for, for Frank Burgess's widow. And just things like that. Anything what needs doing, I'll do it, so to speak. And I always say that to, to Duffs and the lads and, and, and Charles and Chris. He's like, if you need anything doing, just give me a shout, you know, and I'll, 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 I'll do the best I can. Um, what for you is the best thing about Congleton Town Football Club? Just a close-knit family. It's brilliant. Everyone behind the scenes, they work really hard to, you know, and the success on the pitch... You know, it, it's a team effort on and off the pitch, so to speak, if that makes sense. It really meant meant the world to me. Like, I think end of last season, you know, Duffy was like, you know what, thank you so much. I was like, I haven't done anything. He was like, it's not like I've scored the goal against Bake Up or scored the winning penalty against, you know, Alty. And I was like, I, I'll do it because I love it. And I, I do it because I love love the club. And, you know, Duff's, Duff and Griff are amazing. You know, they, they get it. And I think I get it, and I think everyone gets it, and it just shows like the numbers, the away support this season has has been mind blowing. Some grounds, you know, you, you, we're getting over a hundred people at away games, you know, and some clubs don't even get that at home, you know. Not to mention any names, type thing, but it was just amazing just to see everyone, you know, and and the club is is growing. You know, it's an honour to make my, you know, my spare time there, so to speak. And it, it's just an honour, you know, to see the club growing and, and myself in recovery is growing, you know, and it's just fantastic. We also talk about social media because that's a big part. You like to have a bit of fun with it as well, don't you? And you enjoy a bit of banter. I've got a, a good old gif as well. I've got a story to tell you. When we were due to play Newport at home, they contacted me and said, oh, you know, we're all for a bit of banter. What's your thoughts on the banter? And I was like... I'm all game for it. So they were they were trying to outdo me on social media to a point um, where I was absolutely blowing them out of the park with gifts, and they they messaged me saying that they've they've had word from from the the hierarchy of directors that it's it's got too much, so to speak. So they had to delete all the all the posts, but I just keep them up. Me, you know, there's a lot of banter on football, and you know, as long as you don't go over you know the threshold of, I'm all for it like I like to do the, the footy scran stuff I'll always try and do like away games you know tag footy scran there they've got like a million followers and me and me and the guy behind footy scran we've, we've got talking and we do competitions between MBS and footy scran and he's a Stourport fan 
so he was like he couldn't believe it when we was down there and and he was I think he was in Gornal or something and I was like wow this is this is like Blackpool of Birmingham we've you know what I mean it was it was just building connections and social media is fantastic but it's also got its dark points and I just try and try and be you know as as helpful as possible on social media every platform has, has its own you know advantages and disadvantages I haven't got a personal Facebook so I don't really know how Facebook works but I'll post on Facebook the best I can. Instagram, you know, I, I get help from the ph- photographer. I'll I'll do videos of of like when Duffy scored the 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 hundred and tenth minute equaliser at, at, at Wolverhampton Casuals. I'll I'll put the Titanic theme tune behind that and send it Duffs and and the lads and like stuff like Willow when his tongue out. You know, just a bit of fun in it. We're all we're all kids at the end of the day, and it's just to keep things ticking and, and keep you know content going i'm not going to do tiktok no way i'm i'm not doing tiktok because people will be wanting to do dance moves and stuff and you know I've, i don't think ever, anyone's a good dancer in the in the in the team apart from duffs i was going to ask you if you were to do a tiktok who do you reckon is going to be the player that will be most up for it most want to sh- show off their dance moves oh from the videos i've seen from from nights out i think we're gonna have to ask um griff He's got the moves, man. He was he was like Simon Webb in a beefer. That's all I can say. And maybe Willow. Willow's got some moves from from these his celebration against Bacup. That scared me for life. That bring it back to the topic we started with, and that's mind, body, and soul. October the tenth is World Mental Health Day, but it's so important, isn't it, that we have conversations about this kind of all year round, and for people to to kind of know that the support is there all, all year round. I always say to people, every day should be, you know, World Mental Health Day. Every day should be World Suicide Awareness Day. We should be raising awareness every day that, you know, it's okay not to be okay and that you're not alone. Not just for one day, because, you know, there's 365 days a year. There's a a world day for everything, like World Crayon Day or World Cup of Tea Day or World Kebab Day. You know, it's every day should be the world day. Of, of raising awareness for you know mental health suicide prevention recovery month every day we should be raising awareness and and just making sure people know that they're not alone and it, it's okay not to be okay that phrase is a kind of a key motto phrase that you wanted to say about mind body and soul what does that phrase mean to you it's probably the most used word i, I use on a day-to-day basis it means a lot because it's okay not to be okay it's okay to have a, you know, you're having a, a bad day. You're struggling. It's okay. You know, everyone struggles. Everyone has a bad day. You just got to know that a bad day don't last. You know, a bad a, a bad day is 24 hours. The next day you go again and you make the day what what you want it to be. But it, yeah, at the end of the day, it's okay not to be okay. What can we do as Congleton Town fans, uh, any of our <laughs> listeners, or I, I, I guess everybody has a, a, a role to play? What can we all do to, to to play our part? Is it about just just checking up with, with people? Well, especially at this time of year, like it's it's dark at like three o'clock in the afternoon or something silly, and winter time. Just just check in with people. If you if you've got a family member or a friend you've not spoken to in a week or so. Just send them a text, you know, are you all right? Do you want to meet for a coffee? If you're out shopping and, you you know, you just walk past a stranger, you're all right, you know? That, that's what I normally do. You just nod your head and say, you're all right, and everyone looks at me strange, like, you what? Just say hello to people. You're at the football, you don't see someone there, just check in on them. You're not at the game today, 
you know, if you you got to go at big shopping, you got to do a big shop or something with the missus. Just ask people if they're all right. They can always say yes or no or open up. It's the conversation starter, and we've just got to, you know, just talk to people and and reach out to to people you don't normally reach out to, and that includes yourself. If people are struggling or would like someone to kind of talk to, what's your message to to those people? Just reach out. You can always email me, um, help at mindbodysoul.uk. You can send us a message on Instagram or Twitter or email me or even just just reach out to a a friend, family member or other organisations as... You know, if you listen to this and you're not in Congleton, you can you can download an app called Hub of Hope, which lists organisations close to yourself. So just reach out to someone. You know, it doesn't have to be an organisation. The first step is reaching out is is to reach out to friends and family first. And how can people listen to this support mind, body, and soul, and and, and kind <coughs> of what? How can they support you and the amazing work that you're you're doing? Just check the website out www.mindbodysoul.uk. If you if you like any items, just just order it. If you've got any questions, just give us a shout. Share our posts. Just just share the message that it's okay not to be okay. To be honest, helping people is more important to me than than getting sales. To be honest, you know, if you get a sale a, a day, you know that's that's great. But if we help one per- person a day, sorry, that that means the world. Brilliant. Well, Adam, thank you so much for all the work, uh, amazing work that you, you do, not only within Mind, body, body and Soul, such an important cause, but also here at Congleton Town. Thank you for having us on. Thank you to Adam for talking so honestly about his own personal journey and all the amazing work he does for both Congleton Town and also through Mind, Body and Soul. Please do remember, it's okay not to be okay, and links to support available will be in the podcast description. As we heard, football can be a great place to talk. And this weekend, Congleton Town make one of their longest trips of the season to Bewdley Town, where the Bears will be looking to extend their unbeaten run to nine games in all competitions. It's a cup game for the reserves away at Sale Amateurs before they return to the Cleric Stadium next Tuesday when they host Crew FC. That's a 7.30 kickoff. The ladies' first team and reserves both won last weekend and they're back in action on Sunday. The first team are second in the Cheshire Premier Division and are away at league leaders Macclesfield FC on Sunday, while the reserves are at home on the same day against Crew Ladies. Come on the Bears and thank you for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club Podcast. Bears!